0: This is June 14th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week, enjoying June, the Celtics, and the NBA Finals, all that fun stuff. But there are real big Bruins topics to cover. And in this episode, we covered both of these things. And it really comes down to uh, two big questions that Connor and I tackled. Who should be the next head coach? That's a pretty big question, don't you think? Who the next head coach should be? Fairly big. And then from that, what should they do this offseason? What is the direction? We talked a lot about this last week. They don't have a direction. Well, what should the direction should be? What what should the direction be? So Connor and I discussed that a lot in this episode. Uh, And remember, Bruins Beat is always sponsored by our good friends over at BetOnline. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. (laughs) And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up?
1: Evan, I'm doing okay. How you doing?
0: Dude, just doing okay. Just doing okay. Now we're just doing okay. It's the off-season. People are in limbo a bit. Uh, I was thinking today, hopefully uh, we're recording this later in the afternoon. I'm really hoping, fingers crossed, that this episode stays the way it is. There is no news dump at... 8 p.m. tonight during the Celtics finals game because we record as you guys know on Monday. So hopefully can can the news dumps, whether it be Bergeron's future, Sweeney's extension, or no extension, new coach, can that all come just like later, not when we're doing a show? That would be they possible. have
1: they have quite inconsiderate when you really think about it, Evan. Like we can't have a whole library of lost episodes at this point. I know. I know. I'll say it once again, the episode we recorded before everything bottomed out was a great episode. I, great thought it episode. Was, I thought it was a great little conversation we had and no one will ever hear it now.
0: No. Some people on Twitter said we should release it. And I said, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, because I guarantee you we hit on all those things. We're going to hit on some in this episode. Um, so I don't know. Like, again, that episode, the chemistry of it, the the, the incredibleness just also, gone,
1: you know what would happen too? We'd like release it and we put it on YouTube and then be like eight comments, be like,
0: freaking idiots!
1: Like, you don't know Bruce Cassidy got fired? Like, that's what it would actually be. You would be us yes. getting like roasted,
0: yeah. Like no, yes. where
1: we have to put in all caps, like the lost episode, yeah, something like that. So, I think it was alas. Petrov,
0: I think it was Petrov Maguire who tweeted uh, that uh. The, the, you know the video of the people sitting at the table and they start playing the siren and they all get up? Oh, and yes. Y- y- you've yes. tweeted before. Uh, and they were like, this is the Bruins as this Connor McDavid news happens, trying to get out all their news dumps to just kind of use that as a mask. Uh, so hopefully they don't. Hopefully they don't. By the way, tough, mo- tough morning for Connor McDavid to wake up, you know, hung over as hell, seeing that video circulating on Twitter. That should be quite the morning for him.
1: Not great. Not great,
0: not great at all. Um, anyways, big things to talk about. Uh, and we figured last week was spent on Poke the Bear and be talking about Cassidy and um, why that happened and why it didn't make a lot of sense. But life moves on. We, you got to move to the next thing. And the next thing is who takes over as head coach. That is the question on everybody's mind. Um, and it was Sean Hutchin of the fourth period who reported uh, that the three favorites as of now, as of now, subject to change, uh, but as of now are Jay Leach, David Quinn, and Barry Trotz, um, which I don't think should surprise a ton of people. Trotz is a little surprising, considering he's been in talks for basically every job, it seems like, uh, and seems to be the hot candidate. But I think the big takeaway from those three, right, if we're going off those three, is they all signal different directions in the sense. Because yeah. Barry Trotz is not taking over a rebuilding team, I don't think. Um, and if they really want to go for a Stanley Cup, I don't know if... Quinn or Leach are your guys. Um, what do you take away from this?
1: Yeah, I, I think you kind of said it in terms of the fact that much like as I think we've already kind of discussed uh, and predicted, Brooms don't really have a set plan. So it's like, all right, I feel like they're evaluating all their options, right? In terms of like, all right, if Bruce runs back, if Krejci's back, if we're going to try to run it back, then yeah, I guess Barry Trotz is the best coach available than Bruce Cassidy in terms yeah. of maximizing a, a win now team. Uh, so I could see that being the case, even though I think as we both said quite a few times already, it's probably not the best path moving forward for this team. Uh, you look at Jay Leach makes a lot of sense. Former, you know, he has his fingerprints all over this organization was down in Providence. was probably like viewed as the next guy in waiting, uh, if anything was to happen to Cassidy. Um, and then he goes off to Seattle and kind of upends that kind of narrative. But again, one year now up in the NHL, kind of cutting his teeth up there. Uh, you could make the connection between him. And if you're trying to relate to younger players, well, he ushered along guys like Stanika and Frederick and Zaboral and all those players. So it makes sense. He's also, like, he's it, also
0: only 42. Yes, He'd be, exactly. If, if they brought back Zeno Chara, Chara would actually be older than the head yes. coach.
1: So like that, that fits in line with like what they'd be looking for, whether it's connecting younger players or, or I guess a new voice. I feel like if you like, they always talk about new voice. So that's all Don Sweeney talked about. That's what Cam Neely mentioned. I feel like, what labels a new voice is someone who's outside of the organization, but I also just feel like they're not going to do that. Like as much as, you know, I'm sure as we go through this podcast, we'll talk about other guys as well, but it feels like it's still going to be someone who at some point in time has some connection to this team, whether it's uh, you know, a guy like Leach who makes a lot of sense. You've got again, Sacco and Kelly who are still on contract. I don't think they elevate those guys to head coach, but and then you also have a guy like David Quinn, who maybe doesn't have direct ties, but also is from Cranston, Rhode Island, uh, is, you know, uh, good friends with Sweeney, uh, has the connections in terms of uh, being Grizzlick and McAvoy's coach uh, at BU. He's helped out with uh, or has been the head coach of the national team for USA. So he's coached Swayman. Makes sense. Like, I could see them going for a guy like that, even though you look at his kind of track record of the Rangers, not stellar. You know, it's not exactly. And again, I, Quinn's one of those ones where you don't really know what exactly is the plan. Like, is you hiring Quinn because you think it's a fresh voice and it helps out this team if they're trying to retool or run it back? Or is it a, a guy that you view as being someone who maybe has more patience with younger players, which, you know, that's kind of the label you get from Quinn is, you know, he was part of that rebuilding Rangers team. And again, didn't last, you know, lasted three years on the job, but was part of that group that kind of encourages younger players, but also he couldn't really decide between Georgiev and Shesterkin for a while. Which you look at it now, like it's like that guy on TikTok. The <laughs> <laughs> that, that's kind of what it is. So uh, he's so young, he, Connor. I know. To the kids. I'm, I'm trying to be hip, Evan. Uh, but it makes sense why Quinn would be mentioned when you look at those ties. But also, again, it's just kind of a he's a new voice he's not yeah it's a different guy so it's not going to be just like uh like Bruce Cassidy but between those three guys there's not any one set indication one way or the other in terms of what the best path is moving forward if you ask me like I would say you don't have to bring in a guy like Trotz or a guy that uh has been around the block like a Tortorella or anything like that because I feel like it has to be someone younger Uh, Someone who gives it a little bit of a different messaging, but who knows, we could also be talking about this. And then as soon as we finish the podcast, Bergeron and Krejci are back and they're going to try to run it right back, which who knows what's going to happen. So those, those three picks right there don't surprise me, but again, they can all branch in very different directions in terms of where this team is going.
0: Yeah. If Bruce Cassidy was ousted partially because he wasn't great with younger players, allegedly, I don't think John uh, Torella is the guy uh, who would replace him. I don't think that would yeah. be how that one would go. Uh, Trotz is interesting solely because, again, if it, it, as you said, if they bring back Bergeron and Krejci comes back, too, and they're like, we're running it back again, the injuries get in the way. But then in that case, I guess trots would make some sense. I Offensively, I don't know if he yeah. moves the needle, Um it's kind of the same thing you've had. He's always been a good defensive coach and, you know, maybe you run the neutral zone trap a little more or something like that. But I just don't, I don't, I don't know if he's a huge upgrade over Cassidy. I think in this case, you do want to go, if you want to make a big change, you would go uh maybe younger in a sense. And that's why I think Jay Leach is the guy they end up picking. I think that is who I think they end up uh, going for. I do think there is value at being around the former coach, kind of like Cassidy was with Julian for a little bit, where he was, in the dressing room for it was Cassidy, he became an assistant coach uh that 16-17 season, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: After quite a few years down in Providence. So. so they
0: moved they moved him up and he got to see Claude for you know six months-ish, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So again, I think there's value to that. You get to see what works and what doesn't. Uh Leach was still never an assistant up here. Um, so again, I know he's in Providence forever in the system, but he never really get to see Cassidy as a head coach in the NHL. Obviously they worked together a ton. I mean, they, like the communication was there. I'm not saying that like Leach just didn't know what was happening up there. I'm just saying, you don't get to be in the room with them during games and things like that. They get to see those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still think they go with Leach. I still think that is their ultimate pick. If I had to, if I was a betting man, so to speak, uh, that would be who I would pick because I think that uh, makes a ton of sense um, in terms of age, experience, um, it would surprise me if they went outside of those three, but but there's always a chance they do. Who do you look at as people outside of those three that you could see?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I kind of view it in terms of just like kind of you know lowering the pool or or getting a set amount of candidates. I'm looking for someone who's one younger who is able. It gives you kind of that new voice who. Doesn't have that can maybe encourage more of a, a play style, not like Trot's where again it's funny because like all we talked about during uh, you know Sweeney and Neely's pressers was like not getting inside enough, not you know generating offense, and something even Cassidy talked about in terms of not generating enough consistent five on five you know offensive generation. I don't know if Trotz moves the needle, like the results speak for themselves with how Trots plays. But if you think that Bruce Cassidy's system was get wasn't getting enough scoring out of out of this roster. And for rude awakening with Barry Trotz, right? So yes, I'm looking at guys who are younger, who can maybe, uh, you know, work with the younger players and not just this current crop of players we have here now, like the Signica and Frederick, which I think we've talked about before. Who knows if they're even long-term pieces, but you also have to imagine at some point you're going to have an influx of other players coming in, whether it's Lysel and Lori, whether it's other guys they're drafting the next couple of years need someone younger that can kind of connect with these players a bit more. So a uh, few guys that I've uh, been very intrigued by. The one guy who I don't think they're going to hire but would love is Jeff, Jeff Halpern, who is the assistant yeah. coach with the Lightning. Um, in terms of a new voice, in terms of what he brings, his track record. I mean, one, you could make the argument that John Cooper is the best coach in the NHL now. I mean, he's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's very well could be on his way to a 3 pretty tough to do in any sport, especially in hockey. Uh, you feel like it's only a matter of time as much as like NFL coaches. They always talk about the coaching tree. No team has really kicked the tires at on Tampa Bay and kind of what that uh, that personnel, that grouping is over there. Um, so I feel like you target one of Cooper's uh, assistants like Halpern be a great call. I mean, he helps run their power play, um, which speaks for itself. Uh, you look at, You know, he's still, I think, 45 years old. And before he was an assistant coach, and I think he's been in that role since 2018, pretty fruitful era for uh, Tampa Bay.
0: Yeah, Uh, a little bit of success.
1: Yeah. uh, Before that, Halpern was in charge of their development staff in Tampa Bay, which, uh, (laughs) unlike the Bruins, been pretty good over the years. Again, some of it lies in the drafting, but, you know, he played a hand in helping out guys like – Kucherov and point and Sorelli and we can go on and on and on even guys right now, like Colton and all these other, like they've got quite the track record and Halpern's played a pretty direct role in that. So that's one where you look at it. And again, outside voice, former NHL veteran, I think played close to a thousand games in the NHL. Halpern.
0: He was in, he was in that 2011 brewing series.
1: Yes, he was. I think that was maybe his last year, um, one of his last years. So I think that one makes a whole bunch of sense in terms of outside voice, still young, accomplish in a winning organization it's like the same as why i think people tie checks
0: all the boxes
1: checks all of the <laughs> boxes yeah so a guy like halpern a guy like spencer Cowberry, who uh is 40 years old uh coming off his first year up in toronto on keith staff helped run their power play uh, which was number one in the league and as much as people talk about the personnel in that power play for Toronto, I think they went from number 16 overall in terms of power play percentage to number one under Carberry. It's
0: wild they were ever 16. Yeah, with that
1: who knows what they were doing there before, but again, <laughs> evidence evidence is there. Uh, has a great track record, actually has some ties to the Bruins. I think Carberry was an assistant under Leach, uh, one year in like 2017, I want to say, in Providence, so has that. Then went to Hershey in the AHL and uh, I think was coach of the year. So again, success everywhere he's gone. So another guy that would make a whole bunch of sense um, in terms of a younger guy that also encourages a lot of offensive generation, a lot of creativity. Look at help runner Carberry and what they can bring. If you're trying to untap more offensive, more creativity, those guys make a lot of sense. Um, and then the last guy I mentioned, unless you want to actually, do you want to give a, give a guy, Evan, if anyone else that, it I, you, you know,
0: it's funny, you mentioned the Halpern one to me and I kind of stuck on to that. Cause you had said that the other day and I said, that makes so much, cause again, it's, it's the lightning and you're right. No one's gone into that, which is odd. Cause you said in the NFL, look at Sean McVay, every coach, you could be Sean McVay's shoe shiner. And you're, you know, the defensive coordinator of the Denver Broncos or something. So um, I, personally, I do not have, another guy outside of those three who I look at and say, okay, for sure. Cause again, and I will mention our good friends about online in a minute. I was looking at some of those other names on there, like Elaine Vigneault, John Tortorella, Guy Boucher, none of them really excited me. None of them really. Ex- and, and again, I think another, actually, you know what, I'll use this time to uh, dispense of the uh, popular college coaches that are, you know, Noted Nate Lehman's one in Providence. He always gets mentioned for jobs. I remember Buffalo last year. That was he was someone that they had in the mix. He just signed a multi-year extension with Providence. I don't see him leaving. I don't, and I think a lot of people, you know, there's a fair amount of NHL fans who are also college hockey fans, which is great. But I think sometimes they uh miss out on the fact, you know, they think the NHL is automatically a way better job to have. It's not, it's not, it depends on what you're looking for. So I'll use i I'll use Greg Carville as a good example, right? He was Uh, looped in with this, he was looped in with Buffalo last year and he's always, his name gets thrown around because obviously he's a terrific coach. He's had a lot of success and he's a guy that I think would work in the NHL. The reality is he was an assistant in the NHL for a fair amount of time, uh, with the Ducks and the Senators. Uh, I do not see him going back to the NHL. He left the NHL for a reason, went back to St. Lawrence coached for a while there. Then went to UMass. Uh, he has quite a long contract there. And it's a pretty stable job. And in the world of hockey coaching, as you all know, it's very hard to find a stable job at a good place, at a good program. I'm not just saying that because it's UMass. I'm saying because it's true. He can work there for life if he'd like to. Mm -hmm. Um, He's got family and all that stuff. It's the same with Lehman at Providence, right? Like it's the same kind of thing. So those guys, I don't see going anywhere. I don't to NHL jobs. And again, the Bruins would make sense for both those guys cuz it's a local thing they're not moving their families across the country they're moving them like you know an hour um but that's why i will use this time to say you know what yeah. so to me those guys do just don't make a lot of sense given that they're good in their jobs. Why would you go to the NHL, make, you know, a little bit more money, but be out of a job within like four or five years? It makes no sense.
1: I mean, literally look at Bruce Cassidy in terms of yes. like guy has a 650 <laughs> points percentage and then get, it gets let go. So yeah, yes. said, I don't, I don't view college guy. Also just one quick guy. I also will throw out there, I guess is a doc course, or at least someone who I think the Bruins should contact if it's an assistant job or something like that is a uh, Maxavad. I don't think he'd be head coach because. Damn it,
0: you got me on that. That's a good one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's one makes a lot of sense. Good, yeah. In terms of uh, former Bruin, great career. Um, it's great to see him. I think really be a rising star in the coaching ranks after the way his career ended. Um, but a guy that maybe you need a bit more seasoning to be a you know hand him the keys to a, a franchise. But look at kind of the short time he's been a coach, whether it be. With the st louis blues in 2019 to where he is now in windsor and the ohl and kind of the great organ you know great franchise he's running there now um great track record in the short sample size and a lot of it is also tied to power play uh he helped lead the blues for i think the third best power play during his one year and again as you saw i think in 2019 in the cup final st louis wasn't uh offensive dynamo they weren't a team that was like generating a lot of chances on their power play so he's a guy that turned the ship for them a little bit also uh, i think was praised quite a bit during his short time in st louis for working with younger players younger forwards which look at guys like rob thomas kairu again yes great players like but again has a track record of working with those guys so he could be a guy that even if it's not a head coaching job i would love to see the Bruins. Uh, reach out to him and have him in the system. If you get a guy like Halpern and a guy like Savard working together as part of a coaching staff, you've got a foundation to build off of. And it's a, a bit of a different voice, a different look. It's not the same old tired narratives. You're not bringing back like old Rick bonus or any like guy who's been there before. Like if, if you're committing to
0: Rick talk it.
1: Yeah. If you're committed to a new era and a new uh, chapter for this franchise, might as well start fresh with having some new, uh, you know creative voices that are kind of leading you know the X's and O's and working with these younger players. So that's, that's what I'd like to see them do.
0: Safe bet that if you put those two together they would be uh, dynamite, so to speak. We're talking about really safe bets safer than that. A good friends over at bet online. Our partners at bet online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. find all the latest odds, news and sports developments, including this year's NBA Finals, the Stanley Cup final, which is now set. Major League Baseball scores all the latest fighting news news, and even next season's early NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website to use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get the 50% welcome Rick bonus in a sense. If Rick, if Rick bonus gets hired, that's going to be, <laughs> we can incorporate that there right in. There you go, in. we're all set. Get into the action. 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, where the game stats, And remember, they have all the coaching bets, too. You can place bets on that, which is very fun. Um, And for you Bruins fans out there, I imagine if you listen to this, you probably are a Bruins fan. You might want to go bet on that because you might think, hey, I think I know what they're going to do here in the odds make some money. So yeah, go do that. See on 50. Um, Okay. So we talk about uh, the common thread last week, aside from why was Bruce Cassidy fired? The other common thread was uh, where the hell is this team going? What is the direction? So thought now would be a good time to give that what we think should be the direction. Maybe not will, but should. Uh, because again, as as I said earlier, the three coaches that have been kind of rumored to be the top of the Tier for the Bruins that they're going for. Uh, none signify. It's not like, you know, it's all young guys or all old guys. If it was Bonus, Trots, and Tortorella, we would know what they were trying to do. Yeah. If it was Leech, Quinn, and Mark Savard, we would know what they're trying to do, but we really don't. Um, I think what they should do, and I don't think they'll do this, <laughs> but what they should do is you stink this year. You do. And again, it sucks to watch. Like it's going to, it would be a very tough winter. Um, wins would mean more during the year because people would be like oh man that was kind of exciting they beat the senators you know five to three woo like it's going to be that kind of year um but i think you got to retool and rebuild this year for a lot of reasons you got a lot of injuries you got injuries start the year of good players you have an excuse to kind of not be very good uh but bergeron's future is up in the air you never know what's going to happen with that now i don't know why he would want to come back to a retooling rebuilding team but things happen and that 2023 NHL draft Connor looking pretty good I've heard it compared to pretty good pretty good I've heard it compared to the 2015 draft which again that's a tough thing to mention around here it's also tough to mention that uh was it Sunday was the three-year anniversary of um game seven so that things happened. To, what yeah, things didn't happen. definitely didn't happen. Uh, tough things to mention around here, but it's true. The twenty twenty three NHL draft is very similar to the fifteen draft in the sense that if you get a top fifteen pick, you're getting an impact player. You should yeah. be at least, but um, again, yeah, we saw how that worked out in twenty fifteen. Uh, but still, but still, things look good with that, and you have a chance to get a lottery pick in a in a draft like that. And there's other ways you can get picks two in that draft or just later in the draft, not just the first round. Um, what do you think they should do?
1: Yeah, I agree that I think it has to be again, people talk a lot about the, how futile it might be to like try to outright tank um, just because of the core you have in place that are you going to get a top five pick? Probably not, but you can do your damnedest to try to re, you know, restart this, this rebuild on the fly. Right. If whether that's, and that's not to say you're trading pasta for the sake of, of trading him or anything like that, which I oh, think, no. I think as we've talked about it before, I think David Pasternak is very interested in staying here. I think the Bruins would love to have him back. <laughs> so I have to imagine they talk a uh, contract this summer. Um, but you look at whether that is moving a guy like the moving guys like hall, moving, maybe a guy like Kahlo. Um, you look at the guys on expiring deals that, probably could have been moved anyway this offseason, depending on how much they want to change things around, like a guy, Craig Smith or Halla, after kind of the year he had. Uh, again, it's not something that's maybe going to bring you to that tier of Arizona or Montreal or something like that. But if you really dismantle a lot of that supporting cast, you then, you know, give guys like and more time to, to rest. Um, at the very least, it gets you in the mix of being – potential bottom 10 team. And if you're in the lottery, who knows what happens? You could, you could stink. And you end up with like the 14th overall pick, which again, you still at least add a prospect, not to mention, you also are including whatever draft capital you get from moving a guy like Hall or or Kylo or DeBrusque or anything like that. I don't know how many first rounders you get. You could probably get a first for for Hall, probably a second, two seconds for DeBrusque, what what have you. Um, At the very least you replenish some of your draft capital um but who knows maybe you get a a top 10 worst record and you fall into a top five pick and you get a guy like mishkov or fantelia or anything like that so i think that's the best route moving forward in terms of taking one bad year where it doesn't seem like anything's working in your favor anyway like you look at all these injuries you look at the transition with coaching all that stuff there's a year for the stars to align if you to have a rough go of it maybe lean into it a little bit and get a a legit prospect out of it and again it's going to it's all going to hinge on how much they want to commit to that, though, because it can't be, oh, you know, we'll go into the year, see how we do. And if we're, you know, 11 and 16 at the end of November, then we'll blow it up. It's like, no, you have to start dismantling and moving guys this summer if you want to really commit to that. So, again, that's something that some Bruins and probably aren't happy about. I'm sure there's a lot of skepticism about just how uh, effective that kind of strategy can be with this core in place or with the way this roster is built because again, the front office in place and the front office in place. So, but if you want to look at the easiest way to kind of get back in contention, if you can add, uh, you know, draft picks that can make an impact in a year or two, two years um, again, see if that happens with this front office in place. But if you add like uh, some impact prospects with Posternog with McAvoy coming off uh, injury and being healthy with Martian, who even at 35, if he's healthy could still be a top six player that can help you out. Swayman uh, Lindholm. Uh, At this point, you're looking at guys like Lysel and Lori in 2023, 24 making an impact or at least breaking into the league and establishing themselves. Who knows what Brett Harrison or Ryan mass or Oscar Jelvik or any of these other guys uh, could do to bring to this team. So if you, build around that group plus you hit on if you fall into a top five pick or a top 10 pick and ends up being an impact player you you at least have a future you at least can look ahead and be like all right we're building something here and if you run it back and you try to get into the playoffs he moves in the first second round again with an aging core or you tread you know you try to tread water and you end up missing the playoffs the last week of the regular season where's the future there? Again, you've got a younger core you can build around, but you don't really have that, you know, the the North Star to follow in terms of a legit prospect that you can look to the future and be happy about building around them going forward.
0: writing's on the wall for this to happen, by the way. Like again, if they tr- if they really tried to win next year, they are going to be a sneaking in wildcard team out in the first round type group. Like it's just what is the point? And I again and and I know it stinks to watch and you have solid players but it's a center heavy draft and you need centers and i keep looking at taylor hall if you were to go the rebuild retool route he's on a four-year deal he gets you a first like why to me and again like you've mentioned new jersey would be an interesting spot to go back to new jersey but they think they can contend and even a team like seattle like they maybe want a good player here or there potentially and again those are teams that hopefully next year for the Bruins sake or in the maybe top 10 lottery, they think that they can be good with a guy like Taylor hall. If you can get a first from them for that, you do it. And suddenly you got two potential top 10 picks. If you were to go that route. Now this is all to say that probably they aren't going to go this route, but if you could somehow come away uh, at the end of the 2023 draft with two top 10 picks or even two top like 12 picks, and more picks down the road. Maybe you trade DeBrusque, Mike Riley, maybe Craig Smith. And suddenly, you know, you've got extra third, extra second, whatnot. You're coming out with like a future. <laughs> you have centers, you've center depth. And suddenly there's a North star with this team. The, the light at the end of the tunnel is a light. It's not a train coming to hit you. So again, I think that is the route that they should be taking. I think they end up not doing that. I think they end up trying to run it back. That's what they're going to end up trying to do. Um, and I think it's a big mistake because I do think that, um, you know, again, you have options here to rebuild, retool. And it's all going to be long. As you said, they've got McAvoy, they've got Swayman, they've got Lindholm, you got Pasternak, you got Martian. Like you have a core there. You're not blowing them up. You're taking a guy like Taylor Hall and moving him. I don't see the, the huge issue in that. I know he's great. I know he's a consistent scorer, all that stuff, former MVP, but capitalize on his value. Because if he's here for the next three years, are they realistically, with the way they're heading, going to be contending for a cup in the next three years? No, they aren't. And I know he wants to be in Boston, and he's a good fit and all these things, but if you're going to go the rebuild, retool route, I don't know, man. Makes some sense. Makes some sense. Uh, Speaking of things that make sense, subscribing to Boston Sports Channel, what can people look forward to from you over there?
1: Yes, Evan, we'll have our uh, expected daily coverage. throughout this off season, breaking down, uh, you know, coaching candidates, uh, free agent moves trades, which I imagine there will be quite a few of this summer. Maybe. Uh, again, the draft isn't that far away either. Um, which again, they don't have a first round pick, but we'll see if that changes. Um, Uh, So there'll be plenty of stuff throughout this summer, breaking down next steps, next moves for this Bruins team. So you can find all that stuff over at BostonSportsChannel.com. So please subscribe over at BSJ. Want to follow me on Twitter? You can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93.
0: Go do all that. For CLNS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins beat listeners. Have a great rest of your day.